All right. So tonight's uh, topic or, or uh, what we're going to talk about is the treasure within. As Christians, we are more than what we appear. You know, when I see a born-again believer, uh, you know, oftentimes we look at them in the flesh. We see that they have, uh, you know, their, their, their body and, uh, you know, uh, they uh, may say the right jargon, Christian jargon, um, but uh, we are more than what we appear. Uh, there's a famous quote in the Lion King movie where Mufasa said to Simba, you are more than what you've become. You are more than what you've become. Now, many Christians have not even come close to the greatness and the power that resides on the inside of us. And so tonight, you know, that's, that's uh, the desire of, of God's heart is that we find out what's inside us. Because if we don't understand the purpose of something, we can abuse it. Uh, Miles Monroe, I believe, uh, made that comment. And so it's imperative that we understand what we're packing, you know, the power that's in us, what we're packing. Um, a lot of Christians um, have uh, experienced uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual abuse, hurt, disappointment, betrayal, uh, rejection. Uh, they've experienced um, tests, trials, and tribulations, lack of appreciation and value. Some have been told by themselves and also others that they've been, they're stupid or ugly, that they're not good enough that nobody would ever want them, that uh, they don't have what it takes, and that they'll always be less than, and that's just to name a few. Thankfully, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, we don't look like what we've been through. I mean, I can attest to that myself, you know, having gone through, <laughs> if not all, matter of fact, yeah, pretty much all of what I just uh, listed. Uh, but it's because of his grace and his mercy that I don't look like what I've been through. Um, however, there are some adverse effects having gone through trauma that some people deal with, like insecurities. Uh, for me personally, that's something that I've dealt with, uh, you know, just having uh, lack in my life, uh, you know, being abused, being uh, really not valued. And so as a result of that, I've uh, pretty much the effect of all that came about insecurity in my life. Low self-esteem, anger, rage, bitterness, unforgiveness, envy, and jealousy. Sometimes God will allow Satan to put us through situations and circumstances to refine us, to purge us, and even, believe it or not, to strengthen our faith. Some people might say, well, how is that possible if you've gone through all that? And sometimes people are tempted to believe that, where's God? You know, is there a God? Um, but the reality is God knows exactly what he's doing. God allowed Satan to sift Peter as wheat. Let's go to Luke 22. And we'll start at verse 31. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired to have you, and this is the reason why, so that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, I want to read this actually in the message, just because uh, it seems to kind of bring it home a little bit more. But it says, um, Simon, 
Stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like, like uh, chaff from wheat. Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Now I started to think about, okay, so what does it mean? Uh, what, what is sifting wheat? That's something I never really, really understood what that was. And so sifting wheat, the process is, there's a, there's a, the first there's a threshing, it's called threshing. And it's what it is, it's, it's, a, it's using a tool called the uh, flow, I think it's called a, a flow, uh, which loosens and removes all the husk and the dust and the impurities uh, that, that, uh, so that you can leave some of the grain, uh, the, the um, edible grain. Now, when I think about that, some people are dealing with difficult situations and circumstances, and they feel like they're being beaten. Um, you know, uh, some people feel like, you know, man, you know, every time I turn around, I feel beat down. Uh, God has allowed difficult situations to happen to us to remove, to remove the impurities of pride, disobedience, selfishness, laziness, excuses, and fear. And those are just some of the things that he uses, uh, these, uh, the, the threshing, or th I think it's called threshing. Um, and then there is a winnow. It's called a winnow. And this part of the process is um, what they do is they throw the grain up in the air and the lighter sh uh, shaft or sh uh, chaff, <laughs> chaff would be blown off while the good stuff would fall back down. So it's almost like a way of sifting or shift, making sure that what's good is still um, uh, going to be preserved. And what's not good, it gets blown into the wind. Some people feel like they are being tossed to and fro, and Satan is hoping that your faith would be blown away from God. Now, I want to read uh, Luke 22 again, and I want to I read this. It says th on uh, verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan have desired to have you. Notice that Jesus First off, well, he says here, wait a minute. First off, he's, he basically came to the Lord and asked for, uh, you know, approval. Can I, can I sift Simon? And, but notice that Jesus prayed before the sifting that Simon's faith would not fail because he says here, uh, okay, so let me read this. Simon, uh, behold, Satan have desired to have you so that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed. Notice he said, it didn't say I will pray. It says I have prayed um, that your faith fail not. Uh, Jesus said, now notice he said this. He didn't say when or if Simon was converted after the sifting would go that he would strengthen his brother. And he said, when thou art converted. So basically, Jesus prayed that his faith wouldn't fail, but then also the other outcome of that is, is that he said, thou art converted, when thou art converted, go strengthen thy brethren. So basically, Jesus said to Simon that he would be strengthened, 
so that he can go and convert uh, the brethren. So now the good news about being shifted like wheat is Christ Jesus makes intercession for us before we are sifted. So just like he prayed here for Simon before, uh, let's go to Romans 834. All right, Romans 834. It says, um, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So that's good news. Jesus Christ is on the right hand of the Father, and he is making intercession for us. Now, if Jesus is praying, I don't know about you, but if Jesus is praying for me, I believe his prayers will be answered. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Anybody else in the whole world can say, I'm going to pray for you. And you'd be like, okay, I don't know. You know, it depends on what I see. The anointing on their life depends on, you know, uh, if they have a real strong connection with God. But if Jesus himself says, I'm going to intercede for you. Oh, that's in the bag right there, baby. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Um, and uh, he says, I will allow the sifting so that... Uh, I can allow my faith to be uh, strengthened. So that's another good news is so that my faith can be strengthened. See, because it's important that we understand the importance of our faith being strengthened. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, in this walk with God, you know, it's all about our faith. It's all about, you know, our faith is, is attached to our believing. And so if we believe in God, if we believe in his word, if we believe what he says is true, well, then the outcome of our lives is going to be totally different. Even if all straight chaos is happening in our life, it, we still believe that somehow, some way, God's going to make it out for our good. And so it's important that we, um, you know, that, that, that uh, our, our faith is strengthened. Then the other good news is, um, then I can convert. I can convert others. Pastor said uh, on Sunday um, to stop pacifying people. He says, stop pacifying people. He says, love them enough to tell them the truth. Now, that's a hard thing to do because everybody likes to be liked, you know? Everybody, don't, you know, to, to actually to actually try to tell somebody the truth, and especially if they are offended, um, it's very difficult. But he says, stop pacifying people. Love them enough to tell them the truth. Also, pastor said that uh, if each one would reach one, we can touch a lot of lives. And that is so true. Um, uh, because if I reach, let's say, hope, and then hope reaches, um, let's say, um, uh, Ariel, and then Ariel... Uh, she actually reaches this gentleman here, and what's your name? Ethan? Oh, Ethan. Okay, Ethan. She, he, she reaches Ethan, and Ethan reaches Pastor, Fo uh, Pastor, uh, <laughs> Pastor Keith. <laughs> Rome Pastor, Pastor Keith. And then Pastor Keith reaches, I mean, see, it all started with one person, but each person reached one, man, we can, we can do some damage in the kingdom of God. And so that's, that's very important. So that's good news. Um, 
So in spite of what we have been through, God can still use us. That's so vitally important because sometimes we don't think that we can be used by God just because of the shame, the things that we've done that was really terrible. Uh, but don't think that your past disqualifies you from being used by God. It actually qualifies you when you give your past to God. So if you give your past to God, he'll actually qualify you. I know there are things I've done in my past that I'm not uh, happy about, um, you know, things. And now this is before Christ. Um, you know, I used to get high off of marijuana. I uh, smoked cigarettes. I cursed like a sailor. Um, you know, I, I mean, I probably did pretty much everything. Uh, in fact, the scripture says if you hate your brother, you're, you're like a murderer. So I guess I murdered at one time. <laughs> So, but for the most part, you know, uh, I've had a past. All of us have a past. Um, but just because you have a past, it does not disqualify you from being used by God. Um, the guilt you still feel over old sin uh, you have been forgiven of uh, is not of God. That's not of God. It's from Satan's uh, telling you. And what you need to tell him is, I rebuke you, Satan. Get behind me. The feelings that you're not good enough is not from God, it's from Satan. Tell him, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. The feeling that you'll never measure up because your life did not turn out like you expected it to turn out, that's not from God. Tell Satan to get behind me, Satan. I rebuke you. God can and will use anybody who will submit themselves to him. Think about Moses and David and Paul. All of those people, they were all murderers, but God used them in a mighty way. In your time, if you could read about the Samaritan woman, uh, it is found in John 4, uh, 7 through 42. We're not going to read that, but just for, your sake, for the sake of time, you can go ahead and read it in your, on your own time. But her past and her present, actually, uh, she could have been like really uh, stopped because the Bible said that she had five husbands in her past. And then the one that she was living with <laughs> was presently, she was living with that person. It wasn't even her husband. Um, but God used her to tell the good news that Jesus was in town and many were saved. So God cares about our future. So, so, so what pastor said on Sunday, he says, we gotta keep moving. No matter what, we got to keep moving. You can't stop to assess your past. You can't stop to assess. Even really where you're at, you just got to keep moving with God. The scripture also says uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God um, as long as we remain in Christ. Well, we're going over there. Read Romans. Uh, let's go to Romans. I said read because I got read on my, <laughs> on my notes here. But let's go to Romans 8.35. Romans 8.35. All right, it says, for I am persuaded, and make sure I'm reading this right, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which what? Is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, uh, underline that, uh, you know, remember that because that is significant in what we're going to talk about a little later. So now the Bible tells us there is a treasure in earthen vessels. Today, we're going to talk about the treasure within. Why would God, if you think about it, why would God put his treasure in earthen vessel, 
best souls will say that, that, are, that are not perfect. Like that makes no sense if you really think about it. Why would God take all of his power, all of his precious gifts and all of the things that he represent and literally put it into an earthen vessel that is not perfect? You would think that if, some, if, if, if something was valuable, like what I just said, it would not be put in a vessel that was fragile or broken down um, uh, or been through a lot. All of us, you know, a lot of us have been through a lot. But why would God do that? Why would he do that? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. All right, 2 Corinthians 4, and we're going to start at verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So here we see that that's really one of the reasons why, is that God, he knows that if we look at, if let's say that vessel was like, valuable that vessel was like you know uh was was off the hook and it did certain things well then we would look at the vessel as being the treasure and not what's inside it and so God used something that was cracked he used something that was imperfect he used something that was different from him and so that you couldn't even you couldn't even claim that it was you or it was me but that it was God himself um and in his power in that vessel. So God chose imperfect vessels so there would be no question that it is God's power at work in us. So what is this treasure that we're talking about within? I say to you, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of them, the scripture says in Romans 8:37, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Now, I want to go, go back to 2 Corinthians 4, and let's start at verse 8. It's important that we understand why we need this treasure within us. The scripture says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. I went on to read 10, but 10 wasn't in my notes. But, but, but here's the, the point I'm making here is, because of the treasure that's inside us, when we are troubled on every side, we're not distressed. We can get up and go. We can, we can rise above whatever we're troubled with. It may be hard in that hour, but somehow, some way, we get out of that. We may be perplexed, but not in despair. Why? Because of the treasure that's inside us. I'm going to be honest with you. If you really look at some of the situations and circumstances you've been, it's enough to break you down. It's enough to make you lose your mind. It's enough to really make you give up. But because of the treasure that's in us, uh, it, it allows us to sustain or to hold on or to not fret. And, and, and so we may be perplexed, but not in despair. We may be persecuted, but not forsaken. We may be cast down, but not destroyed. That is so important, y'all. I mean, when I think back on some of the things uh, that I've been through from physical abuse, um, 
mental abuse, uh, uh, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse. Uh, you know, I could have really, really, uh, it could have changed the, the core of who I am. But because of the treasure inside me, thank God, because of the treasure inside me, I got through it. And, and, and now God is using everything about me. Like, honestly, how would I ever be able to relate to somebody that's been abused if I've never been abused? Now, I'm not saying everybody got to walk around and say, oh, let me, let me get abused right now so I could be a blessing to somebody else. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that God uses everything, including our pain including our pain. He uses everything. That's just how big and how awesome he is. And, 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 and so tell your, tell your neighbor right now, um, there is a treasure in me. Tell your neighbor, there's a treasure in me. If you're by yourself, you say, there is a treasure in me. So let's go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. Got a lot of scriptures here, but hey, we, we want to hear from God, right? You don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from God. So God, uh, God is his word. All right, so 1 John 4, 4. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in a world. So that's a good example of how the greater one on the inside of me is, is greater than who's in the world. We know Satan is the, the, um, uh, the person in this, in this world that's causing havoc in this world. And so the scripture says that greater is he that is in me that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's important to know. And if you're not a, a born-again Christian, you know, uh, tonight may even be your night. You in TV land, when you hear this message, everything that I'm saying is really uh, geared for a child of God. But if you want to lock in and, 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 and say, hey, I want this. I want this kind of life. I want to know that I can make it independent of what goes on. Um, and I need somebody I need a savior in my life I need someone to help me through uh what I'm going through Jesus is the key Jesus is definitely the key and so this means that whatever situation or circumstance you face Jesus Christ is the anointed one and his anointing and the Holy Spirit is greater than that situation so greater so greater than that situation and all three of these treasures is actually within the born-again believer, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And actually, I would say a fourth one, the kingdom of God. The scripture talks about the kingdom of God is within us. And these, these four are ready to respond to anything that we could ever go through. God's divine power actually lives on the inside of us. Let's go to First Peter, or Second Peter, uh, chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 3. It says, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and the godliness uh, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. Very, very important. God's power lives on the inside of us. If we need comfort, guess what? It's inside us. Let's go to Matthew 5. 
Now, I'm taking you through all these scriptures because um, we got to get to a point where we believe not what people say. We believe what, not what we really hear, but we believe what God's word is actually saying. It's very important. And we have to establish that God's word is the uh, authority in our life because that's what's going to help him. We'll find out later. That's what's going to help us to live this victorious life is to know who God is and who we are in him. So Matthew's uh, 5, verse 4. I don't know if that was the right one. Uh, okay, I'll have to find that one. Uh, but it, it's really, it talks about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Okay. It, what is it? Oh, the reason why, y'all, I was in Mark. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I was in Mark. So so thank you. Thank you. Matthews 5, 4. Blessed are the, the good thing I had it written down, uh, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That is good news. Good news to know that. Um, if you need healing, it's inside us. See, what I'm trying to do is walk us through Quit looking from, from, uh, from the outside or to the outside for help. Look from within. I'll say that again. Quit looking for, for help from the outside. Look for help from within. So if you need healing, it's inside you. Let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, and we're going to start at verse uh, 3. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, and man of sorrows, and, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as we were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he have borne our griefs. Now he's talking about Jesus here. Has borne our grief and carried our, our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded, verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, talking about Jesus' stripes, we are healed. So the scripture says that we are healed. But remember I said that, the, the, that Jesus is in us, God is in us, the Holy Spirit in us is in us, and the kingdom of God is within us. And so it's important that we know that if we need comfort, if we need healing, if we need wisdom, and you can write this down, but wisdom inside us, um, James 1.5. Well, let's go there, James 1.5. How many of y'all could use some wisdom right now? Lord knows. <laughs> we need wisdom every day we put our feet on the ground. James 1.5. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Meaning, I mean, it's like a plethora of, of, of wisdom that he would give and abrideth it not, meaning he won't hold back 
and it shall be given him. So the scriptures tells us if we need comfort, if we need healing, if we need wisdom, it's inside us, y'all. It's actually inside. You are packing. There is a treasure in your earthen vessel. We are all packing. I mean, that's important to know because, and I remember how I talked about you can't look at your past because your past will tell you you ain't packing nothing. You can't even look at what you did yet, uh, to, uh, an hour ago because it will tell you you ain't packing. But whether you are showing signs of it or not, the Holy Spirit is in there. God is in there. Jesus is in there. So you got power residing on the inside of you. Under, uh, uh, another thing is knowledge. It's inside you. See, again, we're looking outside, but it's within. Let's go to Psalms 119.66. All right. All right, it says here, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. So you can ask the Holy Spirit inside you to teach you knowledge. Understanding is inside you. Go to, well, we won't go there, but Jeremiah, write this down. Jeremiah 33, uh, verse 3. Understanding is inside you. You know, if you want to get understanding, you, 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 you do need understanding. Y'all know that. Because if you don't get understanding, you will be misunderstood yourself. You will misunderstand other people. You'll always be in some type of uh, uh, argument, debate, because why? You're more focused on you than understanding what's really being said. I know I've been guilty of that myself. You know, you can, you ever been in a conversation with somebody, you know, your, your husband or your girlfriend or boyfriend, and they're pouring their heart out to you. They're just like talking and talking and they, and the person is so focused on you, you know, they can't wait for them to be able to share what's on their heart. So guess what? They're not listening. <laughs> they're, they're, they're listening to, to find out when you're finished. <laughs> That's about it. They're not listening to what you're saying. And when you are not listening, what a person's saying is you're not getting understanding. And I'm, that's, that's something, y'all, it's, it's, it's something that I'm even learning, you know, because, you know, when you're upset or when you're, you know, in the heat of something, you want to be understood. So your, your focus is, I just want somebody to understand me. But the, the, the biggest thing that I learned uh, with my husband um, is um, I used to be easily offended. And what I realized was I was always looking at black or white. It's either black or white with me. There was no gray area. And, and so as a result, I kept looking at the black and white, but it wasn't black and white always. There was always an underlying, there was always something I couldn't see. There was always something that just for whatever reason, because I saw, hey, this is what, it, what I heard, this is what it is, and I ain't looking at it for nothing else because I'm offended. 
<laughs> whatever the case is, right? But there's always a gray area, and that's something that really I believe that has helped me not to be uh, offended as much when I start to really focus on the fact that there is a gray area, and I need to spend time looking at what is that gray area? Let me understand that. I already know the black and white, right? But I need to know what is it that I really don't understand. Uh, direction. The scripture says, actually in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, what is a shepherd? A shepherd gives direction. So you got the Holy One on the inside of you being able to give you direction. How many of y'all would really love every day when you wake up to get some direction, like to make sure you're going in the right way? The scripture says the, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered of the Lord. So don't you want to know if your steps are really, truly ordered? Don't you really want to know, you know, is my steps a divine steps? Are they, or are they just casual steps that I'm just going with the wind? Oh, I'll go over here. Oh, well, let me go over here. And I'm supposed to go that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm tossed to and fro. And so it's important that we understand that uh, the Lord is our shepherd and he is to guide us. And the shepherd is on the inside of us. Creativity. Now, I know somebody in this room is loaded with creativity. <laughs> Actually, quite a bit of people in this room. <laughs> but creativity, that's something, think about it. God actually is the, the, the greatest creator. But he said that he created us all in his image and after his likeness. So if he's a creator, guess what? You're a creator. I tell you, I have had so much fun with our new house. We, we, we uh, have a, a new house that we moved in. And I never claimed, proclaimed to be someone that, you know, could decorate. Man, I got in there and I started to like look at, like I started to get vision. Like, honestly, I used to like pass off like and say, ah, that's just not me. And then the Holy Spirit said, why not? Why can't it be you? Why don't you try? And I started to, I, I started, what was the family room? I think it was the family room that I started with. Was it the family? No, it was the dining room. The, I wish I had pictures to show y'all. I mean, I'm so proud of, of the work that God gave me, but it was him. It was, I, but what, I, what he did is he walked me through colors. He walked me through texture. He walked me through, um, you know, what would go right with what. I mean, and, and, and style. He walked me through that. And before you know it, I had this, it's beautiful. I'm so proud of myself. Now, y'all might look at it and say, oh, well, I could do better than that. But if you came from where I came from, which I didn't think I was creative, you'd be like, you'd be proud of me. And then from there, y'all, I took it to the next level, and I actually uh, started doing the family room. And I'm telling you, I'm just so proud of myself. <laughs> so, but that creative ability was already what? Inside me. But I had to tap into it. I had to believe that the same God that is a creator and said that I was created in his image after his likeness is, is in me. And so guess what? I stepped out on faith. And then now I did the bathroom, I did our bedroom. I mean, I did everything but the, uh, I don't want to call it a man cave. I don't know even know what he calls it. Uh, what is that? Loft. <laughs> I did everything. Well, and I did some of the loft too. I, did, I didn't do it, you know, didn't have any voice in that. But creativity is inside us. 
Courage is actually inside us. Go up. We won't go there, but Deuteronomy 31.6. So please, please, please look up these scriptures um, if, if we don't go to them because God is trying to tell you there is courage on the inside of you. Some people feel like, you know, they can't, um, they can't uh, be bold. I can't get up and speak before people. I'm going to tell you something. If you would have asked, if you would have told me uh, years and years ago, that I will be standing up here talking to you guys like this, I say, you done lost your mind. Because that, I never really felt comfortable with that. But God is stretching us, and the God in me has something to say. The God in you has something to say. But guess what? We need courage. But he's bold, right? He's bold as a lion. All I got to do is step out of the way and allow him to use my vessel so that he can be bold in me because he's in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Protection. We're always looking around for protection. Protection is actually inside. A judge. Well, for protection, let me give you 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 through 5. A judge. The judge is inside us. James 4.12 tells us that. And we won't go there for the sake of time. The judge, a judge, someone that would judge a situation. Not you judging it, but, but God judging a situation. He's inside you. Uh, an advocate, someone all ready to act on my behalf, is ready. He's ready inside me to act on my behalf. He's my helper. Uh, for the advocate, go well, we won't go there, but uh, John 14, uh, verse 26. Put that in your notes. Uh, he's a helper. John 14, well, I guess I had it down here twice, but John 14, 26. Um, and then peace. Everybody could need some peace, could use some peace right about now. But Philippians 4, 7 talks about the peace of God. It's in us, y'all. It is in us. God really wants us to get it. It is in us. A stable mind. You know, people are dealing, there's so many people I hear right now that's dealing with so many emotional issues. You know, bipolar, you got schizophrenic, I can't even pronounce it. You got all these different mental illnesses, but God really has a, a, a stable mind. And we, guess what? The mind of Christ dwells on the inside of us. So we can actually pull from the mind of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Hope is in us. The scripture talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick. If there's no hope in us, then we, 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 that we can go into depression. If there's no hope, we can go into depression. But hope is in there. We, I want everybody to know that you are packing with great treasures. Treasures from God. Treasures from the Holy Spirit. Treasures from Jesus. And treasures... Uh, it, from the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is God's righteousness it's, it's righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that's the kingdom of God so you got that in you now the father is actually in us we talked about that right God is God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us let's go to first John 4 13 first John 4 13 
And it says here, um, make sure I got that right. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this. And we have known and believed the love that God have, uh, uh, have to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So God is in us. God abides in us. Verse uh, 16 tells us that. He dwells in us. The other thing is Jesus is in us. Let's go to John 14, 20. Some of this might be a little elementary, but I don't know, to reiterate what's really going on and how you're packing, because you're more than what, what you've become. You're more than what we see. Let's see, John 14, 20. It says, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So we got the Father and the Son wrapped up in one with us. He's in there. So it was like prego, it's in there. <laughs> he is in there. Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Think about it. You got Jesus Christ himself living on the inside of your vessel. Of your, of your vessel. The Holy Spirit is in us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. All right. It says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, God is saying, don't you know you're the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Man, that's good news. I mean, the Holy Spirit is inside us. And when you think about that, the Holy Spirit, uh, he, he, he's, the, he's the anointed one. He's, he's anointed. He's anointed. What is the anointing? The burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. You have the Holy Spirit living on, in, on the inside of you. The kingdom of God is within us, and we won't go there for the sake of time, but the kingdom of God, Luke 17, uh, tw well, let's go there, Luke 17, 20. It's important that, as, as I said, we look at the scripture because we got to get used to not just hearing people say God's word, but reading it for ourselves. So it's not just uh, my... Uh, my thought about the situation, it is God speaking. Luke 17, 20, and it says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he entered, or he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. But then verse 21 says, Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is what? Within you. That righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost is actually inside you. Now, sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it. But the reality is, whether you feel like it or not, he's in there. 
It's just he needs to be uh, uh, tapped into. So now the key to activating the treasure in us is, um, is Jesus, really. Jesus is the treasure waiting to be discovered. He is, it's, it's like, you, like, think about it. Like, if you go on a treasure hunt, you know, um, you're, 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 you're walking around and you're hoping that you would land or tap into the treasure that you're looking for, right? Well, Jesus actually is the treasure. He's waiting to be discovered, though. A lot of people know about Jesus, uh, but do they really, really know, like, the truth? Like, do they really, let me just say this. John 13, 6, and we won't go there, but the scripture says that uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So sometimes people say, man, I wish I knew God. I just want to know God. I just want to know God. I want to get deeper to know God. No, find out who Jesus is, and then you'll know God because it's through him that we find God. Sometimes we do it backwards. We try to want, we, we try to know God first, but the, the scripture says, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we've got to develop an authentic relationship with him. Learn of his life. Learn of his death. Learn of his burial. Learn of his resurrection and how all of those impacted our lives. We got to learn that because otherwise it would just be like, oh, yeah, he, he, he lived. You know, he's in the, the, Jesus, uh, he's in red. He's in the Bible. He, he, he lived. Um, you know, oh, well, he died. Yeah, he died on the cross. And, oh, yeah, well, they buried him. Yeah. And then, you know, three days later, he, he, he resurrected. Okay. Yes, he did all those things, but you got to find out what was, what was the real meat of what he did. Because if you don't, it'll just be cliches. It will be just a, a nice, cute story. It, but there was a purpose for everything. His life, it was a purpose. His death was a purpose. His, his burial was a purpose. His resurrection. And, and so you got to become more intimate in knowing who he is. Because when you begin to know who he is, that's what develops your faith in him. John 14, 12, we won't have to go there, but Jesus said that, um, that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Now, we know Jesus went about healing uh, the sick. He raised the dead. Uh, he was doing some, he changed water to wine. I mean, he was doing some miraculous things. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. So we got to find out what did Jesus do? Now, I, I really think that, that some of the, the reason why he said greater works he'll, will, will, he'll do, will do, is because think about it. Jesus was on the earth for 33 years, I guess, but three and a half of those years was spent with doing the miracles and the signs and the wonders and things like that, right? Well, we've had more than three, like we can touch more. In fact, not only that, but he was in a region and he didn't go all over the place like we've been able to go all over the place. Now, he is through us. He's doing that through us. But I'm saying physically, Jesus was in a location and didn't really go into many places that, that we've been able to. So I, I think in a, in a greater sense is that we'll be able to do even more stuff that he did because he only was really in ministry for only three and a half years. 
Think about it. Three and a half years. Mark 16, 17, and 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall, lie, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus is actually telling us that we have the ability to do those things. We have ability to lay hands on the sick. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You can lay hands on, on your brother, your sister, your mother, your, your uncle, whoever. You can lay hands as long as you believe that it's his power that is working through you. His power that is actually in you working to do of his good pleasure. You see what I'm saying? So you calling on and believing not in yourself, but in his ability working through you. That's what the whole thing is about. Notice it said, and these signs shall follow them, what? That believe. Keyword, you got to believe. That's the only way it's going to work, if you believe. You know, if, if, uh, if you know me, I'm a, I'm a woman of my word. And if I told you, you know, Ariel, I'm going to give you a million dollars, and you know I got it. <laughs> you know I got a million dollars. Well, what, are you going to believe me or are you going to be like, I don't know, is she, is she, is she going to really give me that million dollars? Well, I don't know if I should check with Ariel. I, uh, I don't know. But do you, would, would, you, would you believe if I, if I had a million dollars, and in fact, I, I was loaded, and I told you, you know, God told me to give you a million dollars, and I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Would, would you believe that? You wouldn't believe that? You would believe it. You wouldn't believe that I would give you, oh, wow, I used the wrong person. Okay. <laughs> she's just not coming back. She's coming back to the church. She's, she's been away for some years now, so she, she, she doesn't necessarily know me all like that. But um, I believe that I'm a woman of my word. And if I say, I, and especially if you know I got it, oh, it's, it's in the back. It's in, it's, in the, it's in your bank account. <laughs> it is in your bank account. And so... Um, you know, God wants us to look at Jesus that way. It's, he's in your bank account. He's, in, he's inside you. He is inside you. And so the more we learn of him, the more we become like him. That's the goal. Uh, Matthews eleven twenty nine. 29, it talks about take my, my yoke upon you and learn of me. He's telling us to learn. We got to learn of him. You know, we don't really talk about Jesus as much if you think about it. And Jesus, Jesus is like, the, the, he's the man. <laughs> Jesus is the man. Pastor used First uh, Samuel 10, 5, and 6 uh, on Sunday. Uh, but it tells when the spirit of the Lord came upon us, we were, uh, the, or really was a prophet, uh, he was changed into another man, is what the scripture said. Uh, you can read it for yourself, First Samuel 10, 5, and 6. Pastor said, miracles are impossible if we think they're impossible. Miracles are impossible if we think they are impossible. If we can't connect the breadcrumbs, and this is the reason why he said, if we can't connect the breadcrumbs of how it happened. But the truth of the matter is, miracles are actually on the inside of you. Think about it. It's on the inside of you. Our gifts and our talents uh, are for others. So God has gifted us, you know, with different talents, skills, and abilities. But it's not for us uh, to glory in or to get noticed or to get paid even. 
the gift is actually for someone else. And so it's important for us to understand that because if we will, if, if we take what God has given us, we can prostitute it. We can, you know, we can, we can uh, uh, hoarder it or use it to shine. So we, we really want to make sure that, you know, God is getting glory in the things that he's given us. I'm not saying, you know, don't, 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 don't expect or don't believe God to get paid for, you know, certain things that you may do. Um, you know, it could be, I don't know, if you're a singer, you know, some people get paid to, to sing. But if, 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 if the only way you're going to sing is if you get paid, well, something's wrong with that. Um, John 14, 12, uh, Jesus said that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, I said that already, um, Mark 16, 17, and 18, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils and shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, this is a really good scripture, especially for people that are uh, maybe going through some type of chemotherapy, um, because they're having to actually ingest uh, uh, poison. But the scripture actually says, you, they shall take up a serpent, and if they drink... Any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In fact, there's someone that we know that's pretty uh, uh, near and dear to us. Um, uh, I gave that scripture to that person, and she's been claiming it ever since. And so far, every time when she takes the medicine, she never, ever gets sick. Now, we're talking about chemo. Chemo, usually your hair fall out, you know, you start to vomit and all that type of stuff. Um, I have someone very close to me uh, going through the same thing, has had cancer now since 2006. Not one hair of hair came out of her head from cancer. Amazing. And, and the person goes through the chemo and all of that from time to time, uh, but it, it never has that type of effect on her. Why? Because that scripture says, you shall drink any deadly thing and it will not harm you. So the more we learn of him, the more we become like him. Let's see here. I uh, already said that. All right. My time, boy, time is flying. Uh, to activate and function in the power, it starts with accepting our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the treasure, as I said, waiting to be discovered. Some people know him and truly understand who he is, and they have a vital relationship with him. Some people know of him but does not have a true revelation of who he is. Here's a question. Are you in a relationship with Jesus or are you having an affair with him? That's a good question, isn't it? So a person that's in a relationship, they care about the person that they're with. They're committed to the person that they uh, are with no matter what. Um... The scripture says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Now, when a person has an affair, uh, often, number one, it doesn't last long. Any little thing could just rock the boat. Number two, they don't care about the person. I mean, really care about the person. 
uh, they cheat and they lie. They're not fully committed to him. They spend, they don't spend quality time with the person. They usually give the person leftovers. Does that sound familiar? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we don't give God, you know, our best. We give him leftovers. You know, we uh, give the world, all of us, and then we give God five minutes of prayer. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, that's all, it sounds like an affair. It doesn't sound like a true relationship. They are fake and phony on the inside, but on the outside, they think they are convincing. Let's go to Matthew 7. All right, so Matthew 7, and we'll start at verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father, uh, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them. Now, this is in red, y'all. I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. That's pretty strong there. So, and I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, here's the thing. As, 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 as born-again believers, you know, we may miss it. So I'm not saying if you miss it, you're going, you, know, you ain't going to enter the, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of, of heaven. Um, but if a person says that they are a Christian, but their actions are far from it, they run into danger of not even entering into the kingdom of heaven. Because he said, because think about it, for show, it looks like that they're on it. People see them laying hands. People see them, you know, uh, uh, casting out demons. They see them do all this stuff. But then he, he says, but you, don't, you didn't know me. So it's important. The question was, are you in a relationship with Jesus Christ or are you having an affair? Second uh, Timothy 3, 5. Let's go there. We're almost done, y'all. Hey, doing things with one hand is pretty interesting. Okay, Second Timothy 3, 5. All right, it says, um, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So really it's saying you can have the form of godliness, but denying the power that's actually within us. So God wants Jesus' life manifested in our bodies. Uh, for the sake of time, First or Second Corinthians 4.10, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless is, uh, that I live is Christ that liveth in me. God wants us uh, to crucify our flesh. And just, gosh, I only got a few more minutes here. Um, so here, let's talk a little bit about how to activate, activate the treasure inside. Number one, learn to have faith and agree with God's word. 
We have to believe and agree with the word in order for it to work in our life. The other thing is our mind needs to be renewed by the word of God. Romans 12, 2 talks about re being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Um, and you do that by meditating on the word of God to transform our thinking. We've got to transform our thinking. Let it line up with this word. The Bible says his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. If our mind, here's something that's, that's something that I want you to, to, to remember. If our mind can't conceive what the word says, we will dismiss it. If our mind cannot conceive what the word says, we'll dismiss it. It won't even, matter of fact, it, it won't have any weight or value. Uh, Romans 12, 1 talks about present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service is what it says. That's the least we can do. Galatians 2, 20 talks about die to self. We have to die to self. Uh, come after Christ in denying yourself. Take up his cross and follow him, Luke 9, 23. Surrender ourselves to God's will. Don't let every day when you wake up, I'm going to do my thing. No, ask God, what is your will for me today? And then try to tap into the greater one on the inside of you. Listen to him and he'll direct your steps. Don't be afraid, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound thinking mind. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Give God glory. Anytime when he does something through you, give him glory. Don't just take it in and say, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I am pretty nice, aren't I? <laughs> give him some glory. Say glory to God. God did this thing. And then the last is be like Christ. His life was about others, giving what was inside him to others. And the Bible talks about in Matthew 14, 14, that Jesus was moved with compassion. We have to have compassion for people. We got to make sure that we don't let another man fall. And so that is my teaching on the treasure within. So I hope that this message um, will stimulate you in such a way that you realize that you are packing with, with dunamis power. Like you, like all of us, we, we have the greater one on the inside of us, Lord Jesus. We got the Father God is in us. We got the Holy Spirit in us. And we got the kingdom of God in us. So what's our excuse? What is really our excuse? <laughs>